May God speak to you through today's message from Pastor Adam Jungblut. Good morning. My name is Adam Jungblut. I'm the membership and ministry pastor here at the park. I am so glad that you're here today. What a great day to come to church. Father's Day, and we're kicking off a brand new series, Number One Hits. I tell you, when, when we look at the Bible, there are a handful of sections of teachings that are just classics. They have stood the test of time. They resonate with us at just the way that songs do. And coincidentally, they all come from a chapter one. Hence, number one hits. But before I get into it, I just want to say a huge, special, happy Father's Day to all of the dads in this room. Yeah, happy Father's Day. Look. Today's our day. Today is our day that we're probably going to go home and cook and grill and take care of all of that stuff. So yeah, today, today is ours. So, I love being a dad. I've got four amazing kids, and it is just a joy to be a father. I had an amazing dad. I had the kind of dad that kids dream about having growing up. He passed away about four years ago. And so to everybody in this room that maybe today brings some form of a hurt for whatever reason, know that I'm praying for you. Know that I'm praying for you today. But today is a great day for us to honor fathers and to celebrate you and your dad. And so don't forget, give your dad a call today if you don't get to see him. Now look, my dad would have loved this series. My dad loved music, and my dad loved God's word. I mean, he was a big, big fan. There's a couple pictures of us. I know. That bottom one's like my favorite picture ever of my dad and I. That's a pretty sweet one. So he loved music. He loved music so much that I remember one time I was having one of those father-son lectures. And my dad, for the basis of his lecture, chose to use the lyrics to Diamond Rio's number one hit, Meet in the Middle. Remember the song, I start walking your way, you start walking mine, and we meet in the middle beneath that old Georgia pine. Now you remember it, and you know why I'm not on the praise and worship team (laughs) all at the same time. I know. So I don't remember any of like the details of the situation of what happened for me to get this lecture, but whatever it was, I wasn't doing my part, I wasn't sharing, I wasn't serving. I wasn't meeting in the middle. There was somebody else or a group of other people. They were doing their part, and I wasn't doing mine. And so he chose those lyrics. And I remember sitting there thinking, am I getting Diamond Rio like, as my lecture? And yeah, I was. And here's the thing. Whenever that song comes on, that's the first thing that I remember. I remember that conversation. I remember sitting there. And songs have a way of doing that. You hear a song tied to a memory, and the emotions and the vivid images, it's like you're right back. Songs just have that way about it. Well, look, during this series, we are blessed to have our own Billboard number one hits. Some of them classic number ones that you remember, and some of them some fun ones that we just put up there as a staff. Like, how many of y'all knew that our very own youth pastor, Chris Sedgwick, did a cover to Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On? (laughs) You should ask him to sing it for you next time you see him. And I'm going to hear about that this week in the office. Yeah, you absolutely should. So, like, we're going to have a blast going through this 
series, looking at number one hits. And today's number one hit is James chapter one, verses two through seven. Look, that might not ring a bell to you, but in just a couple seconds when I read it, I bet it becomes familiar. I bet you've heard somebody say it. I bet you've heard somebody quote it. But look, before we get into it, I want to let you know something. There's a danger with this number one hit because it's often taken out of context. And it's often recited at the wrong time, at the wrong place, in the wrong meaning. And it actually causes a lot of damage and a lot of hurt in people's lives. But here's the thing. The reason that it can be so difficult is because it's rarely modeled well. This is the type of teaching that fathers, we need to strive to master. Because it's not portrayed and displayed often in society and in families and in groups of people, this is the type of stuff that good fathers step up to the plate and lead through this type of a teaching that James gives us. It's these type of fathers that leave a godly legacy. Well, let's take a look at it. Let's take a look at our number one hits. James chapter one, verses two through seven. If you haven't gotten it out in your sermon notes yet, take a look at it. Here we go. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. I bet you've heard it before. Or or at least verse 2. You've probably heard people say, hey, consider it pure joy whenever you're going through a trial. I've been through trials in my life, and I've wanted to say, if one more person tells me to consider this pure joy, I'm going to punch them. It's It's just true. Yeah, because the verse is taken out of context, and it's not used right all the time. Look, there's two main sections in in our number one hit today. You can kind of see it. It's divided between verses four and five, and we're going to take a look at those. And we're going to look at them, and we're going to look at the key lessons that we're able to pull out, the two key lessons from this number one hit, and how it can truly, I believe, change our lives. So here's the first lesson. Here's the first lesson that we pull from our number one hit. It's no first, then consider it joy. No first, then consider it joy. Look, I've reprinted verses two through four in there. And so let's take a look at it real quick. James 1, two through four says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know, circle the word know for me, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Did you catch that? Did you catch how verse 3 starts? Because you know. You see, the considerate pure joy has a prerequisite. You have to know that faith, the testing of your faith, produces perseverance. If you don't know that, Well, of course you're going to push back when you hear verse 2. Of course you're going to say, no, ah, consider pure joy when you face trials. No, I don't want to do that. That's because you don't know. But if you know 
that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And if you know what the end result of perseverance is, well, then you read that passage and you're like, yeah, I understand. Consider it pure joy. Okay, I do. So let me ask you a question. Do you know? Do you really know deep down that the testing of your faith produces perseverance? And then through perseverance, your faith becomes mature and complete, not lacking anything. Do you know that? Stop for a second. Just think about this. When Robin and I were first married, we got ourselves into a little bit of a trial. We racked up pretty fast, close to $20,000 worth of debt. It's a lot of fun early on in marriage. We were having a blast. Yeah. Trial? Oh, absolutely. That was a big one. We had to dig our way out. Was it a test? Yes. Was our faith pushed? Stretched? Yes. Did we persevere? Yes. And now when it comes to financial trials, well, my faith is a lot more mature. I can handle that. Think about this. Let's say the trial isn't an ongoing one like that. Let's say it's a quick, it's a short one. Maybe you're in an immediate, fast trial, and you're tested to lose your temper and fly off the handle. It happens to me. It's all the time. And in those moments, I know that my faith is being tested. And so I persevere. And I don't lose my temper. In that area, and in that scenario, well, my faith is a little more mature and a little more complete. I know I can handle it the next time I'm tempted to lose my temper. So let me ask you real quick. Stop and think. What trials have you been through in your life? Maybe there was a big trial that sticks out to you when you were a child. Maybe something happened in your family. Maybe something was done to you when you were young. Maybe it's a trial in a relationship that you had. Maybe a trial in marriage. Maybe not too long ago, you had a major trial in parenting. Something came up in one of your kids, your grandkids. Maybe it was a trial in your job that you faced at a certain point. Look, here's what God wants to tell you this morning. You made it. Now now look, the end result of that trial might not have looked like what you wanted it to look. It might not have finished the way that you thought that it should have finished. But you made it. And you're here. And now, God wants you to know that if a trial like that comes back, well then you can handle it. In that certain area, your faith was tested. And your faith's a little more mature and a little more complete. My dad passed away four years ago of brain cancer. I I mentioned it earlier. Hardest trial of my life. Absolutely, hands down, there has not been a more difficult one. To watch cancer take his body away little by little. To watch what it did to my family, to my mom, to my brothers, to those around us to be begging and pleading with God to heal him on this side of heaven. Such a difficult trial for me. And then when he passed away, the trial of grieving his loss. Boy, my faith was tested. But I persevered. And so now if you come to me and if you say, Adam, 
Is your faith strong enough to walk through a debilitating illness with a loved one? I'm going to say yes. Adam, is your faith strong enough to grieve the loss of a family member? Yes. If you come to me and you ask, Adam, is your faith strong enough to handle financial hardship? Yes. Through the trials that I've had in parenting and marriage and relationships and job, come to me and say, hey, is your faith able to handle parenting? Yes, it is. Is your faith able to handle an issue in your marriage? Yes, it absolutely is. And in that, I take joy. Because of what God is doing inside of me and in my faith, that is pure joy. It's this faith inventory that God's just creating in my life. That's joyful. Now look, time out. Am I saying that trials are joyful? No, absolutely not. Trials can be torture. They are hard. They hurt. They are filled with tears, blood, aching prayers on your knees. They stink. James is not saying, yay for trials. Trials are joyful. That's not what he's saying. That's not what's being taught. That's not the number one hit. What James is saying is that, hey, the end result of you getting through it and what God does in you in the end, now that you should consider pure joy. Boy, that's good. That's not modeled often. That's hard to see. When somebody's in the middle of a trial, nobody ever says, yeah, it's hard, but you know how joyful I am because of what my faith's going to look like at the end of this? Dads, that's what needs to be modeled. That's where dads step up. That's where dads take the lead. Because for your junior high daughter, not getting Justin Bieber tickets is the end of the world. There is no joy. It is pure heartache. It is pure torture. And Facebook and Twitter will hear about it. Yeah. But look, through your leading... You are going to show that there are going to be trials where you will be disappointed. There will be things that you want in life that you're not going to get. And through that, your face can be a little more complete, a little more mature. But now look, when we're in the middle of those trials, don't we need help? Because isn't it hard sometimes? Trials we can't get through on our own. They're They're just that difficult. And that's where the second half of this number one hit comes in. That's where James gives us another great nugget and a key lesson. And and, and here's the second lesson that we learn. Second lesson that we learn is to believe first, then ask for wisdom. Believe first, then ask for wisdom. All right, I reprinted James 1, 5 through 7 in there for us. Look what it says. If any of you lacks wisdom, stop real quick. Uh, real quick, raise your hand if there's any area of your life that you lack wisdom. Any area of your life you lack wisdom? Okay. All of us can agree that this you is speaking to all of us. Okay. All of us are in the same boat. Here we go. You should ask God. Circle the word ask for me. Who gives generously to all. Circle the word all for me. Without finding fault. And it will be given to you. But when you ask, underline these next three words, you must believe. You must believe. And, circle the next two words, not doubt. 
Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. This is the part of the passage where James says, look, okay, the first half, this is how I want you to view trials. This is what I want you to be thinking about. Don't go all doom and gloom on me in the trial. I know it's hard, but set your sights on what God's doing at the end of this through you. But he says, now in this one, now I'm going to help you get through it. Now I'm going to help you get through this part of the trial. Because it's easy to have the idea, okay, God, I am going to consider it pure joy because I know what you're going to do at the end of this. But the end of this trial might be two years. Might be three years. Who knows? That's a long time to just be considering it pure joy and not have any help along the way. James says, look, during the trial, here's what you got to do. So what are the steps to gaining wisdom during a trial? Here's number one. Believe that God will provide. Believe that God will provide. Okay. Believe that God will provide help. Before we get into that, there's kind of something first that you got to believe. you got to believe in God. It's got to start there. Do you believe in God? Do you really believe in God? Or is it just one of those, well, it's Father's Day, I should go to church today because you know God and all that stuff. I don't know. Do you seriously believe in God? Your heavenly Father loves you, created you, provides every good and perfect blessing that you have in your life. A God that loves you so much that he sent his one and only son to this earth to live a perfect life and then to die on the cross for the penalty of our sins. You see, the reason that Jesus had to die is because all of our mistakes, well, they have to be paid for. Somebody's got to pay for our mistakes. We have a perfect God and we're imperfect people. Well, we can't be in union with one another. Can't go to heaven when we die because all these mistakes, well, they've got to be canceled out. And I can't die for your mistakes because I got to pay for my own penalty. You can't die for mine because, well, you have to pay for yours. So it's just not going to work like that. So a father sent a son to live a perfect life who had nothing to pay for because he was perfect. And so the perfect one said, hey, everybody who's not perfect, I'm going to take their penalty. I'm going to pay for all their mistakes so they can have a relationship with my dad like I have. That's the idea. That's the idea. That's the good news that the Bible talks about. The good news is that we can have a relationship with God now, and we can go to heaven when we die because of Jesus Christ. If there's never been a time in your life where you've committed your life to follow Christ, do it today. There's a sample prayer at the bottom of your sermon notes. You can pray that prayer right now. I'll have a time at the end of the service. You can do it in the band's plan up here in the end. But today, on Father's Day, would you make that commitment? All right. Now that we've got that, we've got to believe in God for help. Now, look, I had you circle the word all. I had you circle the word all. We clarified in the very beginning that if any of you lacks wisdom, that's all of us. But the all that we circled, that's not all of us. The all is only for those who believe. It's not all. Like everybody in this room, if you lack wisdom, everybody gets it. No, that's not the case. You have to believe that God will provide you help. 
And it makes sense that if we know in the beginning passage, if we know in the first part of this section of what God desires to do in our lives and in our faith through these trials, well, then of course he's going to give us help along the way because of what he desires to accomplish. So you've got to believe. You've got to believe that God's going to provide help. Well, then the second thing you've got to do is you have to ask for wisdom. So not only is the all not literally all, it's all who believe, but then just if you believe, do you get wisdom? No, you don't. You have to ask for it. Okay, I'm in a trial. I need help. I believe that God's going to help me, but you got to ask for it. You see, by asking, two things appear in our lives. The first, it's a sign of humility. It's a sign of finally saying, hey, I, I, I need help. I can't do it. I can't get through this on my own. I, I can't. I can't. I, you know what? My family might look at me as Superman. Kids might look at me as Superman because I'm dad. They might think dad can do everything. I can't. I, I need help. And then the second thing that we see when we ask, it shows our dependency on God. God, I, I'm asking you. I'm asking you because I'm dependent on you to get me through this trial. Because if, if you desire for my faith to be mature and complete, well, then I'm going to rely on you because you're the only one that can do that. But now asking can be really hard. But God removes a massive hurdle for us because it says that he gives to all who believe and who ask without finding fault. Look, God does not find fault in you. He doesn't find fault for those that believe And for those that ask, God doesn't find fault. Look, there's a chance that the trial that you're going through is because you just made a stupid decision. Just call it what it is. Look, when Robin and I racked up $20,000 worth of debt, it's not like God was forcing us to do that. No, we were just being stupid with money. Yeah. It's kind of hard to go to God and say, God, I I need help because... Well, I did this. This is my fault. God didn't find me at fault. He desired to mature and make my faith a little more complete in that area. Maybe the trial you're going through is because somebody else made a stupid decision. And your life's being really affected and torn apart by it. Maybe the trial that you're going through is just because of life sometimes. Just because illnesses strike for no reason. God does not find you at fault. Even if you caused it, he gives to all who believe and who ask without finding fault. So ask. But here's the next thing. Don't doubt. Don't doubt. Just obey. Think of this for a second. God is going to give you wisdom. It says it. If you believe and you ask, it's coming. This is where the doubt part comes in. It's it's when we ask for wisdom, God tells us what to do. Hey, Adam and Robin, cut your spending. Stop spending money. Cut up your credit cards now. Well, I don't like that wisdom. Yeah, I don't want to do that. It's not near as much fun. You see, but that's the thing. That's it. I don't, 
you got to obey. If you believe that God's going to help, and you ask, you've got to be obedient. Because here's the key. If you're not obedient to the wisdom that he gives you, you're going to miss out on the mature and complete faith that he desires. Yeah, you might get through the trial, but everything that God desired to do inside of you in your faith to make you that more mature and that more complete is going to be missed because you didn't obey. Obey. Do what he says because he desires this in you to have that kind of a faith. See, here's the problem. Sometimes he gives us wisdom, but we don't think it comes fast enough. So if if it's a scenario in our job and we ask for wisdom, but it's not coming fast enough, it's like, okay, God, like I... I asked you for help in this, but you know what? It's taking a little too long. I'm going to take matters into my own hand. That's doubting. That's asking God and then doubting that he's going to come through with what he says he's going to do and the wisdom that he gives, and so we take it back. God says, hey, wait. Wait in this relationship. Don't approach the person yet, but you can't handle it, and so you call them. God, I need your wisdom. Help me in this one, and it doesn't happen, and you take it back. That's doubting. Do not doubt. What does it say about that person? Well, then you shouldn't expect anything. Doesn't go right? Don't expect anything from God. And here's the next thing. This fourth thing that we've got to do is we've got to continue to ask. The reason that you've got to continue to ask because the likelihood is your trial isn't over yet. Most of my trials aren't done in like two to three days. If yours are, you're awesome. Mine aren't i got to continue to ask. Because the more I ask, the more God's going to do in my faith. And the more God's going to do in my faith, well, then the more joyful I can be. And the more excited that I can be. Look, this is why this teaching in James is a number one hit. Because it's so applicable to our lives. Because it is so joyful. This faith inventory that God is building and growing inside of each of us that, that's filled with joy. So that when trials come in the future, no matter what they are, we can walk into it with confidence. And, and we can say, hey, you know what? My faith and what my God's done inside of me, I can handle this. And as dads, we can lead our families through difficult times. I gotta tell you, it is such an honor to serve at a church that is filled with great dads. I mean, this church is filled with dads who serve and give and love their families. And it is so encouraging for me to be surrounded by you. Then if you want to become a better dad, this is a great place to be. This church is a great place to be because everywhere you turn, you're surrounded by men who love and who strive to model difficult teachings like this number one hit. Man, dads, I honor you today for everything that you do, for everything that you give, for all the ways that you serve, and all the ways that you model joy in trials for your family. How you model asking for help and believing that God is going to give it. When the world says, hey, man up and stand up and fight on your own, pull up your bootstraps and go for it, you hit your knees in humility and ask God to lead. And it is an honor to be at a church. Now look, these passages are fantastic for dads to apply. They're great for all of us to apply because all of us go through trials. I want everybody right now to pull out your connection card. Flip it over on the back. 
And I want you to pick a step or next steps based on the message today. Maybe for you it's this first one. Memorize James 1, 2 through 4. Look, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its works so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. What a great passage to memorize. What great teaching there is for you in that. Maybe for you it's the next one. Memorize James 1, chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Man, great thing to recite to yourself over and over and over again while you're in a trial. Maybe for you it's this one. Make a list this week of all the trials I've been through as proof of perseverance. Just start making a list of all the trials you've been through, of an encouragement of the type of faith that God has been growing in you, more mature and more complete. I bet you that your faith is more mature and more complete than you thought it was. I bet you're sitting there thinking, gosh, I've just been following Christ for a little bit, or I've just been serious about it for a while. My faith really isn't that strong. Write down all the trials you've been through. I bet you're going to surprise yourself how mature and complete you are in certain areas. Look, in full belief, continually ask God for wisdom to help me through my current trial. Look, in a room this size, somebody in here is going through a major trial, and it might be you. Would you continually ask for wisdom? Here's another one. Commit to be obedient to whatever God leads me to do during my trial. Look, commit now so that when God gives wisdom, you already are going to obey. Become a Christ follower for the first time in my life today. Hey, if that's you, pray that sample prayer at the bottom. Be sure that your name and address are on here because there's some stuff that I want to mail you this week. Also, on your way out by every door, there's a packet. It's called a New Believer Packet. Help you on your new life with Christ. And then the last one, commit to return for the remainder of the number one hit series. Hey, you never know what song is going to pop up, what chart toppers are going to move, and what's going to fall off. Look, you've got to come. You only have three weeks left. You already made it through week one. So come three more weeks for this series. Let me close this as prayer, and Pat and the worship team come back up. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this number one hit. I thank you so much that the words that James has for us, God, that they resonate inside of us. God, that they just they connect with us, God, and it just brings emotion. God, it brings emotions of, of a little bit of fear, a little bit of uh, just trepidation of walking into a trial and having joy. But then, God, the excitement that is there for a faith that is mature and complete. God, so we just come before you, Lord, and we thank you that your word, this number one hits in it. God, we thank you that we can read it and that it can resonate inside of us. Lord, I do want to take a second and just thank you for all the dads in this room. Would you bless them today? Would they feel honored today for what they do for your kingdom and their family? So we love you. May us call us in your name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com or facebook.com slash parkwayfellowship. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more. It is available both in the Apple App Store and Android's Google Play.